0: Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us, head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk.
1: So today's podcast is called the woman global spending power and i'll be joined with kath allen an environmentally conscious life coach with a quite <laughs> quietly rebellious streak and um, she works with women who want to calmly and confidently make their own rules for success fiercely follow their heart and take clear steps towards their vision of the planet or for the planet i should say their family whilst taking exceptional care of themselves she spent 15 years as an ecologist in an academia working from projects ranging from coral reefs to the uk uplands and then she left the hectic lifestyle to follow her heart and support with more women to do the same and we're going to have a fantastic conversation around the global women spending power so from a statistics, um, the purchasing power of women, and this is from girlpowermarketing.com, um, they in 2020 have put some research together, and they state that women control over 31.8 trillion of worldwide spending, that is incredible. Women make up more than half of the US population and control or influence 85% of consumer spending. And that's from Forbes 2019. This is obviously from the States, but I do think that that applies to the UK. And I think it really does apply globally. Women control more than 60% of all personal wealth in the US. And we already know that that is only going to increase globally in the UK and the US. Um, the statistics are actually a little bit behind on what was um, originally statistically reported um, around five years ago. Um, but they stated by 2023 that, that women would hold around, I think it was 70 or 70, I think, um, of the women's wealth. We're slightly behind on that trajectory, I feel, at the moment, but it's definitely going in that direction. So today we have obviously Kath to come and talk to us, which is a super I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's a multitude of a place of, okay. I'm a woman. I have this power. We have this buying power, but we're sold to uh, from a consumer perspective on a regular basis. We also have such stresses as women because we have pressure um, to buy our kids stuff, to live this certain kind of life, keeping up with the Joneses, um, a, a massive around abundance and living this sort of next level lifestyle, decluttering, upscaling. There's just so much to it, but we have this buying power. How can we allow ourselves to be in the best possible place to make those buying decisions that are ethically aligned to our values around sustainability in a non-overwhelming way right like that is the biggest that is a big question i think and especially right now we've got cop 26 coming up um which is all around you know the world and the planet and how we're going to save the planet basically and then we've got these kind of statistics and a massive amount of overwhelm for I think everybody at the moment, everyone does seem to be in a bit of an overwhelm when it comes to there's just so much going on, so many pressures that then we end up maybe buying quickly or more emotionally than what we should or want to normally because we're sort of a bit stressed out. So that's a conversation that Kath and I are going to have right now. It feels kind of heavy but I'm super interested to see where we go with this. What, what, what do you think, Kath?
2: It's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: a lot. It's, uh, and it, it, does, it can feel really heavy. It can feel really heavy.
1: But if we've got this buying power and, you know, we're going to be holding more of the, the world's wealth as women and we need to change the world, how do we... Bring those things together what what kind of steps do you feel that we could take I, I mean actually let's just take it back a step let's just take it back a step and I'd love to hear from you based you know you're, you're an environmental uh, conscious life coach right but your background as an ecologist you 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 recognize the, the issue here that we're talking about when it comes to the planet let's just talk about that for a second talk to me about yeah. what you your job and what you did and why that was important to you
2: yeah, so, um, so I did my PhD in, in conservation biology. I studied dragonflies for four years and then I worked on all kinds of different um, conservation projects in the UK and different around the world, uh, rainforests, chocolate, cocoa plantations, coral reefs. So I had an amazing kind of lifestyle for a while and also a real insight into what's going on, you know, globally in terms of the imp- not just the climate change you know the climate crisis which is what the focus is on quite rightly at the at the moment but there's the bigger kind of environmental ecological crisis that's kind of going on as well and it is scary you know it is scary especially when you, you're living and working in that area every day it does um it, it, you know there's no escaping it
1: <laughs> i'm sure right so what what did you learn what what what's scary about it Let, let's share with people because i don't Know that they might know, we can't assume. I think
2: it's coming out more and more in the media now, isn't it? And scientists are saying, you know, something something has to change. You know, we can't carry on with business as usual and expect this problem to go away. You know, yeah. it's going to get worse, it's going to affect more and more people it's already affecting people which is something that we sometimes forget you know we may be fairly protected from that in the uk at the moment doesn't necessarily mean that we will be in the future and you know already the kind of extreme weather and stuff is coming our way we're seeing it in europe so you know it's um it's not going to go away if we continue business as usual that's for sure okay and that can feel like a lot for an individual person right because what can yeah. we do individually um and there are things that we can do and we need action at the t- top levels as well.
1: Definitely. So what, what, what's the worst case scenario for the dragonflies? Let's talk about that for a sec. we have studied <laughs> them for four years. so like. you know,
2: That's a really good question because actually they quite like it warm. <laughs> so they are um, a great study species because they only come out on sunny days. So I spend most of my field work, um, you know, wandering around in the sunshine in the new forest, catching dragonflies and writing numbers on them. Which was delightful. Um, So, you know, warmer weather actually suits them quite well. Um, But of course, there is this kind of bigger uh, ecosystem effect where, you know, things are changing much more rapidly than they would do naturally. And ecosystems do evolve through time, but they can't keep up with the rate of change that humans have created on the planet. So, and we are now experiencing this, you know, a great mass extinction because nature just can't keep up with the, the pace of change yeah of course that is a natural process but it's also a scary one to live through
1: definitely so i mean obviously we're we are we people are thinking about the animals but i guess we're really from the headlines perspective we're not we're not i think what we're hearing more about is how it's going to affect us as a human race um but those animals are actually and i'm i'm don't make any bones of it i'm vegetarian i'm i'm i hate i don't like the idea of dairy in the u.s particularly um, i'm not saying that other countries have got it much better but um, i certainly would be vegan if i lived in the u.s um but animals are the lifeblood of this planet right without Mm. them as a ecosystem we as a human race possibly could survive without you know without me i i do (laughs) um but from a, from a, um, a planet perspective you could probably put it better than I can why are they important
2: well I think the thing to remember is that we are animals you know it's it's easy to distance us from the rest of nature and see it as us and nature and we rely on nature but actually we are part of it and we are influencing it every day just as the, just as it's influencing us and we're you know just as susceptible to go extinct as any other species so you know we can we're looking at it through the lens of how this climate and ecological crisis is going to affect us and that's completely natural Um, but that's our life support system you know we are inextricably linked to all of nature we are completely interconnected you know you know the air that we breathe the food that we eat, you know, even if you're vegetarian, you still need um, insects to pollinate the crops, you know. And if we lose um, other animals in the ecosystem, that affects everything else because it's all exactly. it should all be in balance. And of course, there's, there's all, it's always um, it's always in flux, you know, it's always evolving and changing. But overall, there should be some balance. And what's happening at the moment is that we are driving things so fast. it's completely out of balance
1: and so what would let's what would that look like if the dragonflies weren't here how would that affect the ecosystem it's
2: hard it's hard to predict i mean ecology is kind of the science of the interrelations between living things so um as i say everything is inextricably linked so if you take out one piece You know the first thing that would happen if you took out dragonflies is there'd be loads and loads of smaller insects there'd be loads more midges and things (laughs) because they eat a lot of uh, small moths and midges and things like that um which you might think you know is 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 or isn't a big deal but every small piece has a knock-on effect on the next piece and we can't you know we can't say what the effect of taking out one species is going to be because of how it's all linked into everything else it's easier to predict like if you take out kind of a top predator how that Mm. will kind of cascade down the food chain and the effects that that will have but of course we're losing species now at a massive rate so things are changing all the time
1: yeah there was one recently I'm just trying to think that I actually like it was really quite upsetting there was there was quite a and I can't remember which species it was that was recently been extinct, um, and I just I found that incredible. Um, and I mean, obviously bees are probably one of the most crucial, right, if, in terms of linking from humans to other animals. Yeah,
2: yeah, bees and other pollinators really critical to our food systems. You know, if they all went there's a, a great demonstration that sometimes happens at meetings where they put, lay out the food for the lunches and they put out a table with all the regular food on it and then they put out another table which would be the food we'd be left with if we didn't have bees and it's almost nothing, you know there's almost wow. nothing in our food system that doesn't rely on pollinators at some point. Um, so yeah, we really do rely on them and they're of course you know in in trouble because of the pesticides that are used in industrial agricultural systems and again it's it's all kind of a human um, industrialization a intensification yeah. because there's more and more of us needing to produce more and more food So it kind of needs a whole rethink from the top right. down which you'd
1: hope is what COP twenty six is going to bring about. Well, that yeah, let, let's, let's have to wait. Is hopefully it's going to happen, right? So, as women, most people listen to this. I imagine are women, and I'm obviously um, that's that's the whole focus around what I talk about and that buying power. It's about what they buy, what where they buy their food, where where they shop in terms of the supermarket. Um, how sustainable that product is has it had pesticides used on it it's all of that right there's so many yeah. layers to it that affects our day-to-day life yeah. yeah and then when it comes into the bigger picture over and above that our buying power around how companies operate and therefore when we, what clothes that we buy and how that company makes those clothes and how they produce them and how they put them on the shelves and how they package those um, particular clothes, shoes, whatever, um, in terms of their chain or their labor, the, the type of people that they employ, how they pay them, what packaging they use, um, everything, all of those is not just how they're ethically inf- impacting people, and then how that has a knock on effect to the planet and the environment. Mm-hmm. So if we take labor, ethical labor out of it for a second and leadership and we just focus on the planet and animals and we just focus on that side of the buying power. What what kind of things do you think would help the planet in terms of obviously recycling, packaging, anything else that you can think of?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I love these statistics and and things around how much power we have as women to shape the world through the spending decisions that we make. You know, we're the ones in general, of course, this is a massive generalisation, but we're the ones doing a lot of the food shopping, we're the ones buying all the Christmas presents, we're the ones, you know, so we have this huge power. And I think it's great to see it as, as power and not to be overwhelmed and do things like to like say keeping up with the joneses or in a competitive way or comparing ourselves to the people but to align those spending decisions with our values yeah. so you know what is the future that, i love the quote that says um every time you spend money you're placing a vote for the future that you want so what are we voting for you know when we're spending that money what are we voting for are we voting for huge corporations that that you know package everything in masses of plastic and have massive waste you know in their supply chains and things or are we voting for local independent producers suppliers shops you know are we um, voting for um yeah I mean you know what, whatever it is whatever it is for you really Um, And of course, it's hard, you know, in a busy modern life, you know, I'm not perfect at this at all.
1: No, me neither at all. Yeah.
2: So it's not about perfection. You know, it's for me the perfection is not the goal. It's about always trying to align a bit more with my values. That's that's the journey for me. And it's a journey.
1: And so where would where could people start with that, do you think?
2: Think that question is a really good one you know what's the future that I want to vote for and then just start anywhere you know anywhere that feels easy because if you pick the easy wins first
1: hmm.
2: you get to feel good you know yeah. you get motivation you get to talk about that with your friends with your family you get to make a little bit of a difference and that gives you the the, the kind of motivation to do more so whether it's you know um looking at what people really want for for christmas asking them what they really want rather than or, or put going in with family to contribute to a big present together instead of buying four or five small presents that you know are less are less quality or
1: thinking my about what you're my doing mother your in law, shopping yeah my mother-in-law um the bulk of the present for the younger kids. she's taken them to build a bear um mm which is, is making a memory she takes a picture and every year they get older um and yes it's still purchasing a teddy bear and it's still like it, it's still like you know fabric and not great and you know filling out you know um uh, a landfill and hopefully in like I don't know how many years time but obviously we've got, we often take things like that to charity or something like that um but it's about that memory rather than buying lots and lots and lots of different things and um and more plastic um which is not great um but I think yeah finding different ways to maybe arrange like a uh you know people's birthdays taking them out for the day or doing an afternoon tea it hasn't always got to be you know a lot more stuff right that's yeah I did a post the other day that's you know like a perfume that's in a um, plastic bottle, um, in, a, in a cardboard box with a plastic front on it in a plastic bag, and it's like, if you imagine if every one of us did one present like that, that's all going to go to landfill, and we've only got so much landfill. We, we ha- it's, it's not an, uh, uh, an indefinite amount, and, you know, if you think about the film Wally, I don't know if you've seen that film Wally. Yeah. Um, I, I, I laugh at it with the kids, but, hey, that could be a reality and possibly hundred years time if we carry on the way we are
2: yeah I mean just for kids birthday parties we've started putting um some money in a in the card and I know that's like a controversial kind of decision people are a bit like oh you know is it a bit lazy or whatever but I think you know even if three or four people put money in a card that that child can then go out and choose something that they really like or they can go for an experience what you know whatever they decide to spend it on rather than get three because you go to the shop and you spend Whatever the allotted amount is on yeah. something from the toy five
1: ten hour especially birthday it's, parties and stuff. You're not going to get much for that, are you? And it's
2: no. small, and it's wrapped in loads of plastic, and it probably gets broken within six months, and then it's and then it's in landfill. You no, know, at least so that that that's that's my personal ch- choice now. Yeah, sure. It makes my life a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, I think it's just and that for me feels aligned with my values you know I know other people would think that wasn't aligned with their values they want to go out and choose something thoughtful I'm rubbish at buying gifts anyway so it's about finding the right choices for you none of of us is going to do this the same but we've got to find ways that sit right with us so that we feel we're contributing
1: yeah, and it's not about judgment, right? It's not about judging right. somebody else because they've made a different decision or they've, you know, got millions of Christmas presents around the Christmas tree covered in plastic. Because I've done that sev- like loads, absolutely tons. Um, it's just about okay. What small things could we change? So this year, I'm really going to be conscious about using um, brown paper and um, like some really nice ribbons and like colorful ribbons that can be reused. Um, I'm not I'm not quite ready for string yet um, but I will my choice is the is the wrapping paper because that's not recyclable. Um, Have you seen I'm... the
2: fabric wrapping?
1: Yeah, oh,
2: the fabric yeah. Wrapping? that's yeah, what we do it looks really good it's like you can get some sort of nice knots you buy big squares of colorful like I use old scarves so I went through eBay and bought a load of secondhand square um lady scarves and we wrap presents in those
1: they look great Amazing. No, that's and they probably look really pretty as well, actually. They do, yeah,
2: because you can get sparkly ones and you just have to make sure they're not too see-through. But you can get, you know, kind of Christmassy coloured ones, or we've got some kind of blue stripy ones for the men, you
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) Now that sounds yeah, that sounds really nice. So when it comes to companies that we make certain decisions on, I know that one thing over lockdown, Amazon was everyone, emmy everyone uses a bit of your Amazon and you know it's great at Christmas to have wish lists for example so then you're actually buying things that people have said oh I'd like to have this that's that's great um, mm-hmm. and again there's not a judgment my like in our family we do use Amazon and you know it's not great because you've got the, the guy that's driving it to your house but in our village there's this one guy and he does the whole village so it's actually like he's not driving backwards and forwards to the depot he it is more it's, it is better than all of us getting in a car and driving to a supermarket so it, it's is is that better who knows like you'd have to analyze that day by day depending on like the outcome um, but amazon as a rule although they use um, cardboard so it can be recycled um, they're not a very ethical company as a, as a rule because of um, their labor um, and basically they try and avoid taxes so from that perspective a lot of clients that are looking at ethical investing they tend would you just almost assume that that kind of company wouldn't be in a portfolio but the share price is obviously a healthy one um, if you bought it early on and this is a real sort of struggle for a lot of people that are shifting between um you know making financial decisions and the way i talk to clients about it is if it means that you could you know actually lose money um, or it could cost you more but it's still important to you and it's aligned to therefore aligned to your values then yes you, you should invest ethically but if you're worried about not having the best share portfolio or that actually it might cost you a little bit more and that bothers you then it's not right for you and again there's no judgment there's no judgment in that conversation but if you think about that buying power and more women having more wealth and a lot of women are do think more laterally and they think more they're just different different in their thought process and we're getting more and more educated around these subjects and then you have cop 26 and there's going to be more measures and more boundaries and more expectations on corporate firms going forward therefore you could argue is that more of the future um, so getting in early and thinking about these things now not just personally but for, from a financial planning perspective I think is 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 quite important um, but coming back to this piece around overwhelm and making conscious decisions what could where you know we talked about where people could start but where would you suggest that you know you said oh, just just pick one thing and there isn't a, like a manual here, like a judgment manual of like, this is where you should l- look to be. But what sort of things could they start to maybe like if they brainstorm the list of things? Is there anything that you, without feeling overwhelmed? Is there, is there a way that they should go about doing that? Maybe. I think,
2: you know, I mean, there's masses of these lists online, right? If you Google um, how to live more sustainably, 10 ways to have to live more sustainably, you'll find hit after hit, you know, thousands of them, hundreds of thousands probably. So the the information's out there, but as you say, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So my way to do that, if you're starting right from basics, from from the beginning, this is something that's quite new to you, would be either to, you know, after having listened to this podcast, we've talked about quite a few things already, just pick one of those that feels doable, but impactful in your life, like, you know, it's not something you're doing already, but you could imagine doing it and it not being a massive headache for you. Pick that, try that for a bit and then pick something else. Because if you try and change everything at once, it's too hard, it's too much. Mm. So, and if you've got no ideas, go and do that Google search, you know, whether it's, you want to make your, um, whether it's more ethical spending, whether it's more ethical Christmas, whether it's more ethical food, you know, whatever it is, just Google it. Mm. Click on hit number one, and just look down the list and, and think, okay, this week or this month I'm going to pick that one and then close the list, <laughs> walk away from the list and you know just just do that and yeah. just reflect on it. you know, how does it make you feel? Was it easy? Was it hard? Do you feel more aligned with your values? What was challenging about it? Did it cost you too much money? all of that's information that yeah. you can use for your next decision. Yeah. You know, this is a, like I said before, this is a journey. It's not um, it's not overnight we're gonna be perfect at this. We could yeah. not it's not like that. We can't, there is no perfect, right? There is no, no that it's it's an absolute minefield once you get into it. So drop the idea that you can do it perfectly. And don't, you know, you can get into all kinds of discussions online about you know, I'm in a lot of sustainability groups on Facebook, and somebody will say, "Oh, I've just found this new product," and then ten people will jump on and go, "Oh, that's not actually very good because they do this and they're bought by this company." And blah, and you think, "Come on, <laughs> people are trying."
1: Yeah, you know? right. There's
2: yeah. No way to do this perfectly. And what they've purchased is probably better than what they had before. Yeah. So as long as you're not replacing things that don't need replacing, because the most the most economic and ecological item is the one you already own yeah there's also this idea that we have to go out and buy in all this green stuff but if you've already got something perfectly good that's made of plastic keep mm-hmm. using it
1: <laughs> keep using that right and if yeah. it does break then you buy something that is maybe a little bit more expensive save for it a little bit longer if necessary and buy something good once right rather than having yeah. something that you're going to have to replace every year um yeah yeah, definitely. And I, and I, and I, that's something as a wealth person and I talk about wealth Um, it's about having amazing, rather than having more stuff, it's about having an amazing life and it's yes. about not being aligned to understanding what that wealthy looks like for you. Because I think mm. there's a misunderstanding that you should declutter and buy more stuff and that's wealthy and that's abundance and it's not. It's, no. it's really not. It's, it's, so how can people really um, start to understand what they want and what they need? So the, the difference is, is what you, you need might not bring you loads of joy because it's, it's just like ticking a box. But the upgrade or the better version of would like be make you feel so abundant and so amazing that you then should that you should go and buy it but how do you not like you don't want to do that for everything because it might give you that moment of gratification but then two weeks later three weeks later you've forgotten about it and therefore Mm. it wasn't really something that really gave you that much joy so Mm. what things could people do to evaluate that that balance between something that really matters to them compared to just having a moment of gratification. And I experienced that personally. When I had a car accident, I went out and got into a lot of debt and I bought lots of shoes and coats. So, this is something I've personally experienced. And, you know, though that made me feel great at that moment in time, I then had the debt to deal with, which is not great. And I see a lot of people getting still into debt over Christmas because they're, they're giving, they think it's okay because they're buying things for other people, right? It doesn't matter what you're buying or what you're spending on. Um, but then, then afterwards, I was still left with. I probably two or three late, two or three years later, I'd grown out of those clothes emotionally, or I style had changed. Mm. Um, and now, as a older person, my shape is changing. So it's not like you buy something thinking, "Oh, I'll have that forever," but you you don't. You naturally grow out can grow out of things. So, I guess my question is: is yeah, how could, how can, where can we start to look at our life as a whole, and you talk about, you know, making conscious decisions, that like conscious buying, what does that look like? What questions can we ask ourselves?
2: I love that. That's a really, really important question, isn't it? And I think what you've just kind of talked to is the difference between conscious spending and emotional spending. Right. And that, you know, and you mentioned need. what do we need and what do we want? And that's a really critical piece. So it's really important to have our needs met, you know, in life, but in in this context as well. So what are the things that actually we need to be okay? So we, you know, and that starts from the absolute basics like food, water, shelter, sleep, but it's also like hugs, you know, contact, connection, great conversations, hugs with your kids, you know, walks in nature, time on your own. these are all things that for a lot of people are needs and if without them, they're not okay. And when we're not okay, we make bad decisions. And sometimes we, we buy those things that we want to try and make ourselves feel better. But actually what we really should do is get a good night's sleep or drink a <laughs> couple of pints of water or whatever it is that's going to fill up our basic needs bucket first. Yeah. So when we're okay, you know, we've got our needs met, we're looking after ourselves emotionally and there's something that we want then obviously sometimes it's great to have that you know it's not about never having anything but the question I, w- I would be asking about one thing I've been working with a lot personally recently is just waiting before buying things because I'm as guilty as anyone I'm on Facebook all the time you know the adverts come up they know what I like so <laughs> I'm like ooh, cool things um and I could easily click and just buy stuff and in the past I did but now I'm just, what I'm trying to do is make myself just wait a few days and just see if it, it still feels the same. Because mm. often after, as you say, after a few days or a few weeks, you think, eh, actually, I don't really need that. I don't really want that. Because your emotional state has changed. You're, you, 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 know, you might be looking after yourself better or worse, but things have changed internally. If yeah. you still really want it, then okay. If you've got the money and all the other stuff around it, then fine. Go for it if it's going to make you feel really good. But that's it's a really good tip
1: I like that like it's almost like having the leaving the in the cart um, hasn't always got to be on Amazon you could look for alternatives potentially and maybe that's part of the process you go on Amazon that's normally maybe your normal process and then go and find it sustainably ethically locally whatever a better buying decision i've got I've got to do that sim- similarly I looked this morning for crib paint so I need to p- paint some posts in the field for the horses to stop one of my horses biting the front, the post because he, he <coughs> was abused when he was younger. And it means when he, he cribs, which is uh, basically where they bite posts and they bite all the wood. And they've just put some lovely new posts in. So I've been asked to buy some crib paint. I'm like, I don't have time to do with this right now. Let's quickly go on Amazon and buy some paint. And it's sitting there like it's 17 pounds, I was thinking, hang on a minute. What, I need to also get some supplements if I popped over to the local tack place, I know that's just down the road. Um, I could get the supplements and I could also get um, the crib paint at the same time. And then I, it, okay, I'm driving there, but that saves two drivers coming to my house and delivering it. It saves the packaging for it. And it saves me, I, I've bought them from a local store. Yeah. Um, so, but it takes time to build that muscle, if you like. Yes. Um, but the first thing I did is I added it to my basket and I left it a day and then I went back to it and go okay how else could I do this it was an actual like it takes real effort and I'm really really quite busy um but they're very small steps in a, in a very long journey like you've described um yeah but it's just a very small example where I've, I've tried to do that and the emotional when you're buying emotionally that was a need I needed to buy the paint I needed to buy the supplements although need hmm, the, hmm yeah the horses I could deem in my head that the horses need it um do they is, is a real question um but the things that we want to do with them then yes they were yes, they say would and so we often have these pools right of, of different things and when I talk about detoxing when it's like a money detox the, mm. your suggestion around pausing and putting it in like I said about putting it in the cart I, I also suggest like getting a list and writing down the things you were going to buy and how much they were and what you emotionally Mm. felt at that time and then get to the end of the month put the money aside get to the end of the month and buy the things that you needed that would bring you great joy but actually look at the other items and ask the question would would that really really make me happy or was it was it just a knee-jerk reaction at that time and it's a great way to build that muscle that I'm describing to sort of start to to, to look at it so it's great we're on the same page with that um because you're completely right it's, it's the emotional reaction of that time mm. yeah
2: yeah and I think we get caught up in this you know this kind of I call it toxic busyness this kind of culture that we live in where you know busyness is a worn as a badge of honor and we're all running around kind of oh I'm so busy uh, and you can kind of go oh I need the crib paint I'm so busy, I must just, you know, click on it on Amazon and get it delivered to my house. But actually, when you just pause, quite often I'll add something to my... So I've got lists on Amazon and then I go and buy them from somewhere else. Um, I'll put it in the basket and then I'll forget and get distracted. And then it's two days before I even remember again. And by then I've realised, you know, actually I do need to go to that local shop and I can get that while I'm out because I'm going past the other place or whatever. So it's just... It, it's just taking a step back from that busyness and just realizing that not everything is an emergency you know mm-hmm. we don't have to necessarily have that we might have to have the thing but do we have to have it next day delivery probably not you know if we get it next week is that okay like because then we're going to go past the shop where we can get it locally it's just kind of you know
1: Mm, Slowing down
2: that little bit so that not everything feels like an emergency.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. But I I think that's an interesting point. And I I think where we start to feel overwhelmed is when we're already busy and already in overwhelm, that we don't have then the capacity, the space, the bandwidth to then add to that. So, really, if you're in that space, um, and I feel like that all the time, and the first question I ask myself is, okay it is I I, I almost wrote for about a year in my journaling um I need to create more space I need to create more space and it took me a a long time before I actually was able to create that space because Mm. there were just fundamental things that I was doing in my business and in my home life that meant that I couldn't I couldn't just walk away from doing that in that way it took months to train a new member of staff or figure out well who I needed or what tools I wanted and you know, it, all of that took took time. But I, I constantly ask the question, how can I create space? How can I make this more manageable? How can I? And, and so if you're in a spot where this does feel like massive overwhelm, then and you'd like to do it, then I would personally not start doing it if you're feeling that heavy about it and really look at your life and the model that the way that you're leading your life, how you're showing up in your life to so actually go, how can I create more capacity for me? because if your needs aren't being met which is a whole like other session right um rather than spending money on, on on more whatever like there's no judgment if you want to buy those things but maybe that money could be spent with an overnight stay on your own and saying to your family I need to create some space I'm okay I'm all right but I just feel like I need to take a step back and I'd like to get a really good night's sleep and um, stay yeah. somewhere on my own and maybe have a spa treatment then spend the money in, in more ways that are aligned to what your needs and really thinking about what you want and, and just to finish on that I am um, I talk about in my book I talk about values and I talk there's a sec I've got I've got, a, I've got a, it's not available at the moment but I've got a course called the money makeover course and I talk about that in one of the chapters and in one of the chapters I talk about your, your, your spending values um, mm. and there's I think there's ten or twelve of them, um, and I'm just flicking through my book to see if I can can bring them up. And um, but for, and a good example is somebody who is really keen on health and really keen on their well being, really keen on looking at, um, you know, like their 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 well being and that kind of thing. And they spend loads of money on the gym and healthy food and everything like that. But they're also spending a lot of money on takeaways and maybe drinking out or wine at home or whatever. And there's like this mismatch. Um, And again, there's no judgment. But then when they get to the end of the month, they say, I can't afford a new car or I can't afford to move house or I can't afford to, you know, go on that course to develop more or anything else because they're spending in a certain way. Um, And another example of that, I see that quite a lot, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, is they're spending a lot in their business or personally around more courses, more training, more development. And we can actually get addicted to that. But then if you ask them to start investing or thinking about financial planning, they can't afford to invest in investments or pensions or anything else but they're actually spending a lot of their money in other ways. So it's really looking at, um, there's 10 categories, I found it. Um, Creative personal expression, personal development, growth of self, family relationships, health, independence, personal legacy, sense of secure, sense of control, And security so everything Mm. that you spend each month will fall into one of those categories and my question is is if you're spending on something that doesn't fit within one of those categories and it's just like this random thing that you feel that you want then cash suggestion is to put it in the basket and wait a little while and see if you really need it and this comes back to that consumerism and that buying power and why it's important and how we can start making better decisions
2: yeah and I think I think it's important to remember that however small our contribution is, it matters. You know, it, it's easy to get overwhelmed and it's also easy to kind of look at, especially the media at the moment in the run-up to COP and think, oh, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. We might as well just quit now and I'll buy whatever I want. But actually, you know, we, we can make a difference. We can, every little decision that we make, every conversation that we have has ripples.
1: Yeah. And for me,
2: you know. We talked a bit at the beginning about how bad things could get, but actually it's often about looking at how good things could get if we all actually do the work, make our changes, and the, and, the, and our leaders do the same thing. You know, keep looking for the hope. Keep looking for the, the things that we can do and we can control. Because if we focus on what we can't control and how bad things might get, that's so demotivating, you know? So it's yeah, really I important to me we come back to hope and vision
1: you know i love that and i think that's where let's end the conversation around that because i I love the way we're finishing that we we yeah the hope that these positive changes and small changes that we can make will leave a positive legacy for our children and our grandchildren absolutely well thank you so much for joining me today i'd love talking to you and um, uh, obviously we're going to be putting some links to your website so people will go and check you out if they want to see if they want to work with you there's things coming up that we've talked about and you're thinking oh my goodness I really need some help around this then go and check out CAF's website and I'm sure she'd be more than happy to have a conversation to see how she can help you and on that note um, if you would like to check out any of my investment um, guides or webinars then go and check out www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk and check out the links below. And if you like this uh, this podcast, then please give me a, um, a five-star review. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments on the show today. Send in lots of love. And so bye from me, Kat, me Kath. And uh, Kath, do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, bye.
2: Thanks for having me. It's been great.
1: More than welcome. I hope you can come again. Yeah, yes. me too
0: thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth if you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential please do head over to our free facebook group the money mastery collective where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way we'd love to see you there